Welcome to Just Breaks, brought to you by Kick It Forward and Sporting News. We've got a very special guest today. Uh, he may be a comedian first. His name is Broden Kelly. He's from Melbourne, Victoria. But I think if you were to list his highlights for his career, it wouldn't be that he's, you know, played in front of thousands or he's, you know, created a group that of international fame. It's his diehard support uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Broden Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited that you started this ancillary pod based on NBA. <laughs> I'm coming to you live from the home of Liz Cambage, Andrew Bogut, Ben Simmons, and Josh Giddy, which at one point in time would have been a real like a real brag. And now it's kind of a point of like, what's what's wrong with us? <laughs> So true. There was a brief crossover period there where, you know, uh, you could brag pretty highly about um, Melbourne. Even like Melbourne's the only city in the world with three number one draft picks, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there uh, there used to be a time on Marvel Stadium. There was, there is still a mural, and I think it's Bogut, Bogut Simmons, Cambridge, and maybe Gazy. Right. And Lauren, did I say Lauren? Maybe Lauren Jackson. And like, yeah, man, like. We can't, we, we can't feel great. Like I think we have Dante Exum as well. Is he from Melbourne or is he Sydney? I believe he's from Melbourne. Yeah, no, he's definitely from Melbourne. Yeah. Is, See, uh, that's the thing, yeah. right? It's how long is six months in basketball? Six months ago, no one wanted mm. to know Dante Exum, and now he is a starting five Dallas Maverick. Now they're scrubbing off Ben Simmons off Marvel Stadium, chucking up Dante, <laughs> even though they're around the same era they came out. Uh, Broden, thank you so much yeah. for joining me. I've, I've always wanted to talk to you, you about basketball a little bit because I think. A lot of uh, fans of your your comedy stuff, or maybe your football stuff, because um, you have your, uh, the footy with Brody and Kelly, aren't aware that you're an, a massive basketball fan. Now, wh- where did this love of NBA in particular, but basketball as well, come from? Yeah, I had you on my podcast, my footy podcast, about six months ago, or maybe four months ago, before the uh, FIBA World Cup, and we talked like it wasn't in in no way entertaining. Like when you when you're doing footy media, you're trying bridge you know bridge the gap and make it a bit accessible for people listening. And you and I and Tom on my pod just went very deep cut on every basketball player on the Boomer <laughs> side, and it was unlistenable. So I'm glad to be doing this with you. I've loved basketball um, since I was a wee wee lad. I I, I uh, since Space Jam, if we're being honest. I think everyone <laughs> around your age or my age remembers when that came out. And just walk, coming home and wanting to play basketball. So I've loved probably basketball since then. I've played basketball. Um, I played basketball until I wasn't any good anymore. I played okay to an okay level in basketball in Melbourne. But when in about 2000, in like grade five or six at primary school, uh, my best friend was a huge basketball fan. And he said, I go for the Lakers and you should go for the Sixers because there's this guy called Alan Iverson. And then I just got immersed. Sure. Shadow. I got immersed in the, the um, in all of just Alan Iverson at the peak of two, at 2000, 2001, this guy who went to jail and then came back and was the best in the league. And I remember even at when I was a little, little kid loving the step over moment for, of Ty Lu in the playoffs, like even, and, and him, him being, when you're a kid, you love in wrestling or in any sport, you love the small guy. And he was so small and he wore his clothes so baggy. So into primary, into high school, I used to wear number three sixes under my um, 
under my school shirt every day to school and get, you know, uniform, uh, you know, demerit points or whatever it was. <laughs> and then so, and then we became really, really, really bad, the Sixers, for about 20 years. <laughs> and um, when you're a kid, there's no real way to watch basketball in Australia unless you're watching like the one ESPN game, which happens to be on at some weird indeterminate time. And it was always the Lakers or Boston. So I never got to watch the Sixers. So my, I, but I kind of stayed in tune with the Sixers as they were building through 2K. And I would see these weird teams coming through of like weird players like Kanan and early Ish Smith and Nerlens Noel and Jalil Okafor until I had expendable cash in my early 20s and then started to fork out for um, League Pass. And um, have been like have been a complete nuff like yourself ever since. Well, yeah, you, no one could discredit your loyalty to go through like the process era and survive yeah. out the other side. And just even listing some of the names you said, like what what has happened to Okafor? Like he, he was, you know, such a huge prospect, and he's putting up numbers in his first year. And then I, I don't know, is he playing in China or something? It was. If you went by 2K metrics, he was going to be the second coming of Jesus. He was so good. His mid-range shot on 2K was the most incredible. There was three players, three tools we picked at this time. And going by 2K metrics, Jalil was the one. It was him, Nerlens Noel, and then this guy who was on the bench who never played called Joel Embiid. And they never... <laughs> He was the worst one by the metrics of 2K. Um, he got he got he he got shopped around a little bit. He was really he was building really really nicely for a period of time, but then just lost the plot a little bit. He ended up in the G League Delaware Bluecoats, which is the 76ers, you know, uh, you know, seconds team. And I don't know where he is now. I have no idea where he is anymore. Um, but it's something funny that happens. You know, we see it across the board with players. As soon as they make that jump, something happens mentally or just the the, the, the jump between one league to the next is just so big and, and, and it doesn't come. I think more than any other sport that I follow, you, being a college player who's good means potentially the least. I can't... Wembenyana might be the first one in a really, really long time where the hype is kind of, you can see it, leading you know leading to coming to fruition because before that we look at zion and markel fultz and any like more like maybe anthony edwards is the only one but yeah anthony davis had a pretty big hype like i remember coming into the draft he he was the clear yeah. number one and the, their team was so good but you're right about that and funny you say that about um alan iverson apparently he's having trouble he, he wants to come to australia to an australia speaking tour which a lot of guys do and yeah. he's really keen this year. So you might be able to meet AI um, this year because he's going to Melbourne. He's even come to, uh, apparently going around the country. But uh, that misdemeanor, that that or misdemeanor, that that jail or prison sentence is stopping his entry. So everything's all right except I that mean, one thing. Isn't that ironic though? You do your I think entire career. Be okay. I think he'll be okay. I don't. I think we can trust Alan Iverson not to um, <laughs> act up. Uh, has he ever been? I don't think there was talk for a time about a decade ago that he was going to play for the Sydney Kings at the end of his career. Mm. And it kind of became, I don't know, it could have just been NBL talk and there's always weird teams doing weird NBL talk, but 
Him at the Sydney Kings would have been my the absolute best thing ever. I would have loved that. Yeah, but with the NBL, someone needs to do like a history of the weirdest imports who ever arrive at the NBL because we're in a period now where we're getting good ones and we're getting guys that potentially could still be in the NBA, but for whatever reason they've fallen yeah. out. Whereas instead of being 39-year-old players or 16-year-old mm. players, they're, they're, they're sort of missing the big bump in the middle where they play pretty well. Um, so now do you they're doing Johnny right. Flynn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where he was he like end? a pick five. Yeah, and we had him like yeah. four years after he was drafted at the Melbourne Tigers. How did he, he didn't do too well from memory. Like he did fine. Stephen Blake he had like was one game. I remember. Yeah, he clutched one game, and he was like, "All right, here comes Johnny Flynn." And then I think he, <laughs> I think he evaporated. I think he just, <laughs> I think he <laughs> fell into the river. Yeah, the money. Yeah, river. All right. Um, let's go through some more things about this. So, who do you hate more? Or who do you love more? James Harden or Ben Simmons? I still, I don't know why. I, I still love James Harden so much. And even last year when there was so much talk about him being unwatchable, mm. I think he's one of the most enjoyable players to watch because it's like it's like when you play career mode on 2K. Like it's just one, you get the ball mm-hmm. and then you just sort it out yourselves. I, I think... I think he's I think he's awesome. And I know he's a complete nutcase who, you know, has bullied his way into positions. But like even when he went to the Clippers at the other week and was I'm gonna sound like LeBron here, but even though when he went to the Clippers a few weeks ago and they couldn't win a game, I knew you, you knew that this was gonna happen. Eventually they're gonna figure it out and it's gonna work. I don't know how they'll go in the playoffs, genuinely. I think it more than anything else depends on whether Kawhi is fit and Paul George is fit because Harden will do what Harden does. But if they don't have to rely on him, if he's the third option on offense or the fourth option on offense, they might be okay. I watched on Ben Simmons. I watched every Ben Simmons game for about six years. I'm not exaggerating. Like I watched every game of his. I was obsessed with his Ben Simmons jerseys, everything Ben Simmons. And um, he fully... It's. I could almost write a thesis on it if any university <laughs> in Australia would let me write a thesis on it. Just the his his. It really came down to, as today it's just announced that he's not going to play. He's going to be reevaluated again in two weeks. He's injured again. He he. It, it's that con. It felt to me like someone who was just so afraid to look bad mm. and look stupid, or look or to be embarrassed. And it comes from a guy who has just been incredible since he was in like year seven. And we all know the guy at school who's just like so cool, but never ever dares to put himself in a in an area that would make him look a bit stupid. Mm. And he, he, he was so, there was a period, I don't know if you remember, he was so good, man. And he said all the right things and was really cool, but he's clearly a very, very shy person and just refused you watch it all the time now, whether it's Scotty Barnes or Tyrese Maxey or any, like people need, you need to be able to make mistakes and look a bit silly. And he, for whatever reason, is just crippled with, crippled himself without, by not shooting and not being able to look a bit shit in areas. And then the worse it got, the more, the more it became clear that all he needed to do was a one or two things and he didn't do it, the worse it got. And it was, it's just tragic. I've, I've never been so upset at someone in my life in that period where Ben 
Like, it was just so clear. It was so clear what needed to happen, and he just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I've said this heaps of times, but it honestly feels like um, you're in a bad relationship and you keep saying it's the last time you'll go back and then you do it again yeah. and again. And, like, I, I I really want it to work out. I don't think it will anymore. Um, but you know what? When there's a 10-game run where he has 20 points or something, I'll be back in. And when he's at the, yeah, if he's at the Olympics and he buys in and is all about it, I'll be back in as well. Also, my prediction for the World Cup uh, didn't go too well. I said they're going to win gold or at least silver. Um, well, they didn't. Yeah. They crumbled. So it's going to be an interesting year next year as well for the Boomers. I just want to stay a little bit on the 76ers. You had a world tour recently. You spent a lot of time in the US. Uh, was yep. there much crossover with the NBA? Did you peel off to go to some 76ers games? What was that whole experience like? Our tour finished at the at while well, preseason was happening, and we were in Philadelphia when Philly was playing in Boston, and we were in Boston when they were playing in Philly, right? Like each other. So we, but I um because I, I'm a 76ers fan, and I'm lucky that I support a team with one of the most batshit crazy general managers in the NBA, in Daryl Morey, your best mate. If, you, if you're a my best mate. So if you're not familiar with Daryl Morey, he is essentially the reason that the, I don't know if you're familiar with the nation of China, um, but they boycotted the NBA because he put a post up saying free Hong Kong. And so China said, we're boycotting the NBA or, and they were, they were, they all supported Houston because of, um, fucking hell, blanking. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, in Trace McGrady era. Yeah. I mean, yes. And, uh, and so he got in a fair bit of trouble for that. But he's a guy who is just obsessed with alternative thinking, really. Like, for a while, his display picture is the GM of a fucking NBA organization. And his photo was a um, an NFT. He um, he, he's, he goes to esports tournaments. Anyway, when, it, um, when my group, Arnie Don, when our Netflix show came out, I was just scrolling Twitter one day and I just saw, you have a new follower, Daryl Morey. <laughs> I was like, why is he following an alternative fucking sketch comedy group from Australia? And um, and so I messaged him. And I was like, hey, nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah, I love comedy. I was like, Jesus Christ. So like flash forward a few years. Um, and I asked him to come on the footy pod. And he goes, sure, I'll organize it with my people. And so I, all of a sudden I'm in correspondence with the Sixers organization directly, like the head of media going, and they're like, what are you going to talk to him about? And I'm like, oh, probably like Hawthorne's disposal efficiency. And like, and uh, should Tassie get an AFL team? And they're like, okay, that's fine, obviously. And then, so I'm like, I'm gearing up. It's going to be a Wednesday morning in Melbourne at 6 a.m. is the time. So Tom and I are going to get up at fucking five in the morning, go to our studio and record this thing. And... And it gets, it's Monday night and I'm going to bed and I'm like, can't wait till Wednesday morning. And then all of a sudden someone sends me a link to a Twitter, to a tweet. And it's James Harden in China going, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will not be part of any organization that he's a part of. And I was like, hmm, this is either really good for my podcast because I've got an exclusive with the most famous person in the world right now, or I'm going to get an email when I wake up tomorrow morning. And I got an email, which I'm going to have framed, which is um, from the Sixers organization, just saying, hi, Broden, Daryl would like to reschedule. <laughs> <laughs> it's your it's your and, Jordan um, email. I'm back. It says, I would like to reschedule. Yeah. 
just same guy. And I know it's my closest I've ever been to a world, like to an NBA shattering moment. And so like when we were in, when we did our shows in Philadelphia, I, um, I emailed him. I was like, if anyone would like to come to our shows, you're more than welcome. And um, they were like, oh, thank you. We're all in Boston. Have a good one. I was like, yeah, fair. I don't think you'd like the show anyway. But so I, I didn't get to see any NBA. I did I um, I um, did go to Mitchell and Ness and buy about 300 US dollars worth of merchandise, which is what you got to do. But um, I uh, when we lived in LA as well, I got to go to, it was, it was days before COVID happened, but, but we got a, through it through the Netflix, we got a a, uh, a corporate suite for the Sixers versus the Clippers at Staples cool. Center at the time, and that was one of the coolest experiences in the I've ever had. Just the best food and um, felt very very baller. Um, but um, that's yeah, that's that's my that's cool a- American NBA stories. I also like you don't realize the two things about going to like going to NBA games in America is one. The variation in price, like for a crappy seat on Christmas Day to see the Lakers Clippers in 2020 was like 300 bucks each or something absurd. Um, and then like you can go to a game in Portland. If you happen to be in Portland for a Knicks Portland game or something like that, you'll pay $20 for almost courtside seats. It's like the capitalism of America. And then the other thing is the resale industry in America is the most horrible, horrible, horrible thing. It's fucked. You never know. Yeah, it's all and everyone's kind of implicit in it. It's in Ticketmaster or whoever's StubHub's taking a, a cut from it, and so you're just price gouged, and it's like it's all it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah, I, I there's there's something in the economy of tickets at NBA games, like because the NFL mm. NFL has a variation too, but it's just such a popular sport. Like I always found that interesting when we we're in Portland, for instance, and we we're looking at the prices of games. You know, you could go for ten or fifteen bucks as a while ago now. Or more recently, trying to find a, a ticket in Atlanta compared to LA with in the peak LeBron Bron was like a thousand dollars a ticket, um, but you could really fly to the other city and potentially watch him. Yeah, um, you know, for a percentage. I, yeah, I always think that's uh, crazy about the US. So I was just going to say too, what have you made of what have you made of Nick Nurse? So Nick Nurse has come in. He's kind of like well, he's the sort of coach that gets hired and then everyone's sort of gushing over how smart this guy is. You know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, he went through England to coach and, you know, he is a basketball purist. It really does feel like this year though, that uh, you paid unders for one of the best coaches in the comp because his former team were kind of scrambling of ways to make, make this team work. I, I, um, well, the first thing I realized as soon as he started coaching was that the Sixers haven't had a coach for about a fucking decade like he doc rivers was a he's a bad coach and he's bad at coaching and then before him brett brown with his melbourne and australia ties is an absolute gun and a really great player developer and like he's doing it with he's in charge of when from all accounts now he's a fucking brilliant brilliant coach but he's not a strategist um so you just realize that Embiid has never had a good coach who knows what he's doing and also, it's just, it's a nice year because we have not a huge amount of dramas. It's a nice thing to say that the only real drama is that Kelly Oubre got hit by a car. That's um, <laughs> for the 76ers. That's quite a, that's quite a nice soft year. Like, and he's back playing again and there's no mystery and he can still shoot. Like some of the dramas that have gone through the Sixers organization could, you could make a 1930 for 30s about, but 
Nick Nurse is a brilliant coach. This is my favorite roster and coach in watching the Sixers ever, ever. Even better than the 2000s team in that. And it's because it's a bunch of role players. And then more than anything else, hang on. Oh, hang on. Yeah, all good. Um, It's this man here has become that's so the sheerly, best that's so player badly put in the together. world. <laughs> so a fan in Philadelphia brought me a signed picture of Tyrese oh, Maxey that wow. she'd gone. And um, I've framed it now and I have it in my room and I sit in my little corner and watch my basketball and watch Tyrese Maxey. He is, he, is he is so magical to watch. Obviously, Embiid, I know he's very divisive for a lot of people if they don't follow the Sixers, but he's going to be the leading point scorer three years consecutively. He's a fucking gun. He does get a lot of fouls, but people foul him. So I don't know what people want. Maxi, though, is the most enjoyable player, maybe one of the most enjoyable athletes I've ever seen play basketball or any sport. He's just positive, happy, and he just keeps improving. He is the antithesis of Ben Simmons. Is Every year he builds and grows and is positive and he's happy to talk. So, like, the two, he's almost the core of this really positive team. It feels a bit... A bit Collingwood football clubby, oh. and that it's just a group of people who have bought in, really, really happy, really cool new coach. It's a, it's incredible vibes. We're sitting third seed, and the games we've lost, I'm not too worried about, and I'm not afraid of Boston for the first time watching basketball. Um, I, I love this, like Kelly Oubre Jr. We got for fourteen dollars. Um, uh, DeAnthony Melton is a, is a role playing cool guy. Our backup center is paul reed who's also really cool um who else and then out of nowhere i heard from all these clippers fans that batum was just legit no good nico batum nick batum is awesome he is he's just really old like i I think there were periods with the clippers where you know they couldn't not play him like he was just too smart on court and he's a veteran and i think what a good pickup and that's what the sort of guy like nick nurse would have been all in on and Darren Morley, Morley would have seen the, I guess, the benefit beyond the superficial yeah. viewer of uh, watching Nick Batum. No, he's, he was so good for so long. Like, he was amazing. Like, he was a stat – like, he would fill up every part of the stat sheet for a long period of time. I just I just find it so nuffy and awesome that you have a fan in comedy that knew their way in to get to you to leave a lasting legacy. It was assigned to Reese Maxey um, – uh, yeah. Photo. Usually yeah. after our shows, there's a, like people who stage like doorstop you at the stage door, and you're like, oh yeah, sign, sign. And then someone brought me this, and I was like, I'm going to talk to you for an hour. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm your, like in love with you. It's in your living room right um, now. He's got a <laughs> yeah. He's got um. He's got a bit of Joe Ingles about him, and like people people write off Joe Ingles and say he's slow and old and looks like he should work at a video easy, which is all fair. Mm. But then Orlando. Having someone like him in the team, it, it it everything rises with it with that player. Like Joe Ingles could potentially play for another two three years. The other good thing is, you know, they're potentially a fi- uh, playoff team, and Joe Ingles is going to feature in that really heavily. And from all reports, yeah. they're absolutely loving him. So he's sneaky the most exciting Australian outside of Dante Exum's current run in 2023-24, even though. Because Josh Kitty has his own issues, but um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with Joe Ingles in Orlando. We got to get uh, Patty off Atlanta. We got to get Patty off Atlanta. He's yeah, not getting minutes. Yeah, but would he get minutes elsewhere? Like, uh, I know he would, but like, 
it's, it feels like a bad situation for him right now. It's just a lot of undersized guards, and he can't even find his way onto the court. Yeah, it's true. Um, is, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of demand. Broden, uh, what's your plan for basketball over the summer? You're going to play some three and three tournaments. You going to any NBL? Um, are you guys you guys are in town right now filming some sketches? What's what's the plan? Have you talked on this pod about you playing basketball much? No, not at all. But like, I know that was the first time you sort of. I, I used to play a little bit, but my brother played a lot of basketball, and you came down to watch I us wanna, play a Red Bull comp. I want to tell the audience because I knew Josh through sketch comedy, and so as a general rule, if you're good at sketch comedy, you're not good at sport. And I'd always gone like, oh, I can play basketball, but I'm no, I'm no good. Like I'm too short, I'm too slow, and I can't shoot. So. I was. I assumed the same of Josh, and I knew he's a bit tall, so I thought, okay, well, he can rebound and pass. So I went down to this Red Bull tournament and watched Josh <laughs> play. And it's he, there was all these like influencers there and people from America and like really cool looking basketballers. And then all these dorks, including Josh, came over from Perth. These spindly, <laughs> spindly white boys. And they they won, or like you guys came runner up to another lank, lanky Perth team. Yeah, we beat and the so Perth Josh, team in Perth. Yeah, yeah, we missed out so on like, a trip they to all, Serbia, knocking down mid ranges and just no crossing over, just dribbling really safely and like <laughs> getting nice rebounds. Just beat all the influences. I just want to put it out there for anyone who's still listening to this. Josh is an incredible basketballer, and you and you show up to courts and and regularly play very very well against anyone. No, I, oh no, I just played a lot growing up. Like I played a lot, played at an okay level, and then you learn how to play, and then yeah, but like, so did everyone else. But you're actually good. Like there's a bunch of me's walking around the world who are shit at sport, <laughs> who played their whole teenage and childhood. Like, but you're uh, actually good. Yeah, it's but it's also like um, you're told your whole life you're shit because your brother is really good. So then you go to these things and you're like, oh man. Um, it's pretty good to win some games. And you're right, we were the widest dudes. In fact, it got to the point, it was the finals, and we were in the final against the other Perth team. And all the promo videos afterwards had no footage of us because no one with a like a videographer were filming us because we were just doing layups. Yeah. And, and yeah. they, didn't, they, they didn't want the sunburnt older dudes. But no, I, I still love it. So, And as you do, it's, it's such a yeah, fun no. sport and it's been great to follow. And Broden, um, I'm excited to follow... The 76ers journey vicariously through you, just through your random you. comments and tweets about it. Um, yeah, best of luck for this season. They're playing the Timberwolves today. This is going to come out a bit later, um, but I, I have really high hopes and hopefully they don't blow up the special thing they've got going on right there, right now. Thank you. Can I get your, what do you, how do you feel about us for the world, for the Olympics next year? Oh, quickly, World Cup. Um, I'm probably less positive now. Uh, I, I'm a bit worried about the giddy stuff. We've got Chris Anstey later on today to talk about. Him. He's really close. He coached him at under 20s. Um, yeah. If they can sort that out, if they can sort the sort of the balance of the roster thing out, it seemed like it was a bit unbalanced at the World Cup. That it felt like a, a lot of wasted Ingles and, and, and Mills possessions. They need to sort out who's the dominant player. Uh, uh, what do you think? I think, I think you could go... I think Duop Reith playing for Portland and being so good is mm. the best thing that could have happened for the Boomers because I did not rate any of our other tools. Or, the, or Jock Landale needs to um, not get injured. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, between um, Jock and and Duop, it'd be fantastic if they're both healthy and both there. But um, they don't have that traditional center center um, like a Bogut or a Baines. Yeah, yeah. So and like Matisse, Matisse wasn't great. 
in the World Cup and he was so fantastic in the Olympics, which really, really worries me. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, like they could they could just be building for next year. I'd fucking love to see Ben because we actually he would actually be a really good small five or a really good four for that team. Yeah. But I am very worried as well. But um, it might, it might be a my hot take. Okay, okay, give it, make it hot. Got to get Josh off the Thunder. Got it. He's he's the fourth, fifth option. Get mm. him out. Get him out. Why? What, what, you you, you want him to have twenty and twenty and nine or something as a as like the number two player in his team rather than number four. Hundred percent. He he's he's behind SGA, who is going to potentially be one of the one or two best players in the league. He's he's then behind Chet, who is going to be the best tall in the league. He's then behind, and then it starts to become Dort and everyone else. And they want him to be the playmaking facilitator, but he's not even that first option for that. Like SGA has the ball eighty percent of the time. I think um, for his development, like we see how he is on the boomers. I'd love to see him like that in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the ball more in his hands where he can actually create. And I guess he's going to get better. And mm. um, I don't know. It, it is a hard one because part of, part of me is like, well, this is young team you're going to grow with. But the other side of it is all his best assets as a player are kind of being removed um, sometimes. And he's sitting out important yeah. games. He's had a, an okay run recently. Um, Broden, thank you so much for your time, mate. I reckon um, they're going to win gold. There you go. I'm going to say it already. Um, they'll fight, figure it out, and it'll be a mighty Agreed. duck situ- situation with Dante Exum, um, MVP of the tournament. It's ours to lose. Yeah, that's right. Um, thanks so much, mate, and best of luck. That's Just Bricks. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and leave a review. It goes a long way. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.